This episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce is brought to you by Free Play Florida. Guys, you do not want to miss it. It is one of the greatest conventions going on today. And it's all about retro gaming, which is something here at the Happy Hour with Johnny Deuce. We absolutely love and adore. They've got all your retro game favorites from classic consoles to also your favorite classic arcade cabinets. And don't forget that the Happy Happy Hour Hour with Johnny and Deuce is the official podcast. And of course, your boy Deuce is the voice of Free Play Florida. You don't want to miss it. Johnny, when is Free Play Florida? It's going to be November 11th through the 13th, 2016 at the beautiful Double Trier Hotel in Orlando, Florida. Johnny, who all is going to be there? We've got the amazing CEO and spokesperson for Sega, Nathan Barnett, as well as video game historian Walter Day, and creator of some of the biggest titles, Rampage, Xenophobe, Disc of Tron, Satan's Hollow, Star Trek Voyager, and many more, Mr. Brian Colon, pinball designers Gary Stern and Jersey Jack will be there on display with their beautiful pinball machines, player of the century and star of King of Kong, Billy D. Mitchell, and world record holders Richie Knuckles and Todd Rogers will be there on display. And speaking of world record holders, there's going to be multiple world record attempts going on that weekend on a ton of different games. You don't want to miss it. You want to be there at the Doubletree by Hilton in Orlando. November 11th to the 13th. And don't forget to tell them that the Happy Happy Hour with with Johnny and Deuce sent you. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is actually going to be a happy hour first. We are actually live on location at Outhouse Games today, which everybody here was so nice to let me come and try out their VR machine. And uh, so let's just go down the table and everybody can introduce yourselves and maybe give give us your job description, in-house job description. We'll start with you, sir. Hi, uh, I'm Phil. I am, uh, I guess, a co-founder of Outhouse Games. I uh, currently basically run the production side of the company and kind of keep everyone moving out in direction, making our vision a vision. Yeah. Like a, uh, like a project manager. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my name's Chris. Um, I'm the other co-founder of Outhouse Games, and I primarily run um, business management. So I handle all the accounting and finances. I also make sure that the, the uh, offices are clean and you know everybody has the tools that they need to do their jobs. Awesome. Hi, my name is Bethany Borden. I am a composer and sound designer for Outhouse Games, as well as running the social media accounts on Facebook and Twitter. So real quick plug if you want to follow us. We are at Outhouse Games on Twitter. You can look up Outhouse Games on Facebook as well. And send uh, Bethany a birthday message because it was your birthday Aww, yesterday. thank you. I'm 22. Woo. <laughs> Ish. <laughs> 22. 22 plus a few. Well, I'll tell you what. That VR you just let me try it, and just for the folks at home, this was my first time using VR. Was nuts. Like that is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Um, and we actually talked about this in the pre-show meeting. And this is also going to be a first episode for two reasons. One, there's no do salute this morning because I've got to drive an hour and a half home. And uh, two, I'm going to actually let them ask me some questions since they were the ones that kind of made the games. And also, it's my first time. So I'm going to kind of turn this over to you guys a little bit and see what you guys want to ask me and also what you want to tell me about the company and your build and everything when it came to the games I played. Cool. It's time to put you in the hot seat. This yeah, awesome. yeah. This this is definitely a first. So, <laughs> I do have one question right off the bat. Okay. Um, if you want to go for it, sure. Um, I was wondering what were some of the main differences you noticed playing in VR versus playing video games on a console or PC. I'm gonna take wow, PC right out of it just because I don't play mostly PC. Yeah. Uh, most all of my stuff is uh, console. That's why I kind of got excited about the Sony VR because. I'm not going to be able to do like a Vive or anything like that because, I mean, you've got to get like a $600 computer or, or even more, and then you got to pay for the headset. I've already got the equipment for the PlayStation. I, I like playing games on the PlayStation because the controller, because uh, I felt it the most during Serious Sam. I've got Parkinson's in my handshake all the time. So it, with the controller, it's two hands, and it's comfortable because you're just moving a thumbstick or you're hitting a button. With that, I'm holding a gun, and because each hand is its own, that's why I kept propping my hands up and using both hands because I was using it more as a, as a prop to kind of keep me where I needed my, my hand to be so I could get a clean shot because 
those controllers are really sensitive. And I had the same problem when the Wii came out. Like, it was yeah. tougher to use the controllers because, you know, it, they don't build video games for people with Parkinson's. You know yeah, what I mean? Right, and they're totally. super right. sensitive. Yeah. So, um, it, and which is no fault of the, uh, the, you know, the games creators and everything. But I think the, the biggest difference for me was the control factor yeah. is, is completely different. Now, I liked it, and the games were awesome, and the immersiveness is amazing, but um, definitely I, I do like using a controller maybe than the two. I mean, on certain games, I think it'd be good, and that's interesting, at least with Sony's VR, I can say. Some games, it's a VR, and you, you're using the PlayStation controller, yeah. and then mm -hmm. some, you're using the PlayStation Move, so they kind of bounce between it. Um, and I don't know if... Because, I mean, I'm not in you guys' shoes. Like, I'm not a, a game creator. I don't know if people are going to do that at all. Like, if they're going to... Because w what VR system do we use today? Today you use the HTC Vive. HTC Vive. Yep. So, and I use the HTC Vive controllers. Correct. Um, I don't know if HTC Vive would make, like, a like a standard gaming controller, like a like an Xbox controller or a PlayStation controller or something like that. Um, so that's the only thing I really saw the biggest difference was but I mean I liked it it just it's definitely a learning curve mm -hmm. and with me I know it's going to be a little bit harder but that's that's not most gamers I'm the very very rare exception to the rule and I think for a lot of gamers they're going to really like that because it is so accurate like the guns especially like Serious Sam were super accurate yeah. you guys' bow and arrow was amazingly <laughs> accurate by <laughs> the way you. no like what was the game I played first where there was a bow and arrow? Uh, that was Longbow by uh, Valve made that one. Yeah, that was trash ass. Like, that thing <laughs> was terrible. Like, I, whoever made that must have never gone hunting a day in his life because that thing did not work at all. So, and, but compared to yours, like, I could feel like when I'm pulling it back, it's kind of, it, it, it's tightening up and it's kind of pushing back on me. And especially the way, like, I'd have to aim it up to get it to go down, like, uh, it was great. You guys nailed it. I, I don't know if you did that, like if you had a hunting expert or somebody here that's just really good with bows and arrows that like helped you with that, but whoever you got, you know, kudos to him because he knew what he was doing. Well, we really took a lot of time to make it feel realistic. We actually, yeah. uh, with this game, we really wanted to focus on the little pieces. So we were really trying to take our time with each individual um, contraption or, or weapon or or whatever is going on in the game we really wanted to put a longer focus on it instead of how many things can we cram in yeah it's how many good things can we create and, right. and so it's taking the time we actually took an extra couple of weeks working on that bow and arrow and the mechanics it going shows. back with the developer over and over and over again no it doesn't quite feel right yet the arrows are dropping too quickly or it doesn't quite feel right when you pull it back or you know the aiming system doesn't quite feel right let's let's change some of the dynamics let's change some of the physics and the way this thing works and tweak and tweak and tweak until we finally felt like okay um i i grew up in michigan so i did a lot yeah. of hunting growing up um i know one of our developers pam she also spent quite a few years hunting and doing archery and I think yeah. Phil you said you did quite a bit of archery when you were younger so we did have quite a bit of real world reference to fall back on not only that but we had other people's games that we could reference and say we didn't like that yeah like that we don't want to make it like that so let's try and stay away from what doesn't work we know yeah. what don't work so now we just have to figure out what does well that's good and you had a lot of people in house that could could help you with that and the name of you guys' game that i played today is called the ancient ruins the ancient remains ancient remains and i really enjoyed that and i think you hit a nail on the head with what you just said let's not cram a bunch of crap in here just cram it in here let's do something and just do it really really well yeah absolutely which your game did like the wand was awesome like <laughs> the magic wand part was really cool the way the textures and everything looked great and the way i could like pick up jugs and move them around and then the bow and arrow shooting range was great like i, I know i played the lab first which was made by valve and valve is a great company but they just threw a lot of stuff in there and throw it in like mm -hmm. the thing with the dog and throwing the stick i mean that's great but i don't want to spend an hour throwing a stick yeah you know exactly. um and the catapult game was neat, and then we there was one with the little flying spaceship, and that was okay, but it, it just seemed like they threw a lot of stuff at the wall to see what would stick. Correct. And It's kind of like 3D movies. You can tell yeah. when they're putting a gimmick in because it's 3D yeah. to get that effect versus this actually really makes sense, yeah. and this has a, a, an application or an immersive quality to it. Yeah, because I think that that's and, – and we actually – when I first got here today, we were talking about the games and the launch of the, the Sony VR and everything. Like, 
they only watched like 10 games. And out of all of them, I think the only two, in my opinion, that are really games is the Batman VR and the Star Wars when it comes out because it's not even out yet. But a lot of them just seem gimmicky. They seem like uh, it's either jump scares or like, you know, stuff to kind of, you know. The obvious. The obvious stuff, which you'd expect. I mean, we've had 3D movies for years, so we kind of know what to expect. So I don't want that. I want an immersive experience because, like, when I was in you guys' game, like, I felt like I was in that kind of Egyptian temple and, like, you could hear all the music and the background noise and you just could kind of – it was way more immersive. Now, the Serious Sam was great, um, and that was a lot of fun, too, and that was very immersive. But the the lab one, I mean, it, that almost seemed to me like a proof of concept. Like, yeah. let's show you what we can do with this, which, I mean, Valve is one of the people that's really been behind HTC Vive, if mm-hmm. I remember correctly. So I understand they want to do that because they want you to have a game when you go home with it. You can play and see what all it's going to do. Right. Um, but I think if it – I want to not know where I am, like, when I'm playing yeah. it. Like, I want to forget where I'm at. Because with your game, I did. And with Serious Sam, I definitely did for a minute or two mm-hmm. there. Like, <laughs> I didn't even remember when I took off Serious Sam, when I took off the visor, which direction the uh, room I was in. That happens to me every time. I I'm, like, like, shocked at yeah. where I am and what I'm doing. Because <laughs> that was the weird thing. It was, like, the uh, the the moving around. Because you, you start at one place, but then you start playing the game, and you, you kind of lose... Which, that's the only thing I'm worried about. Like, if I get one of these for the house, like the Sony VR, like, I'm going to, like, walk into the TV or <laughs> yeah. something because I'm going to forget where I am. Yeah. We had uh, short ceilings in our last office, so oh, we'd go you? to throw something up in the air and, and forget <laughs> the ceiling was really short, and you just end up punching the ceiling. Well, at least oh you didn't have God. a ceiling fan. And just be like, <laughs> yeah. chunk, 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 chunk. There was one point that our whole ceiling, like, tile did fall out from being hit. <laughs> Somebody punched it. Somebody's not getting the safety deposit back. <laughs> There's been plenty of wall smacks too. It's uh, that hurts yeah. and, and face hits of controllers and yeah. Well, that all was fun. for me the interesting thing because you know it's got that little square there, but also once you started getting close to it, they would put like a blue um, a fence, I guess you would yeah, call it. Yeah, a couple of chaperone systems. You kind of yeah. know when you're getting too, too close, to too something. close, or you're getting too far out of the the where you're supposed to be. And I really like that. Um, it, it took me a little while for my eyes to adjust because w- we talked about it before. I had, and I called it, like, the screen door effect. Like, it was looking like I was looking through a screen door for, like, the first five minutes. Yeah, absolutely. And then after that, it would just, I guess my eye just forgot about it. Like, yeah. oh, okay, I'm just going to adjust for it. But, man, that thing's wild. Like, <laughs> I, I just can't tell you enough. Uh, number one, thank you for having me out. But, two, I, that's the future of gaming right there, absolutely, man. Because, yeah. I mean, it's going to be hard for me to go back and play things on a TV after playing it at that thing. It is really difficult and, to and go one, back. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, once more people get in and actually experience it and then develop for it, yeah. you know, like a lot more people are going to get ideas once they get it in their hands and try things. And then, like you said, it's a content issue. You, With, with the amount you're paying, you want to be able to yeah. spend some time in there and do what you want to do. Yeah. And so I it's mean, exciting. to. They had that problem a lot, though. Like, prime example, like uh, when the PS4 and the Xbox One first dropped, like those systems were like four or $500, but there yeah. wasn't even a dozen games for them yeah, at launch. Absolutely. Yeah, they had the exact same issue. It was just a complete lack of content. Yeah, so I think, I guess because me and being a gamer so long, I know what to expect. When something new drops, there's not going to be much for it, but give it a year or two years and there will be. But the good news is if you're willing to wait in that two years, the price point of the actual machine may have gone down some, hopefully. Yeah, they keep bringing the hardware requirements, keep coming down. Like uh, Oculus just cut it in half recently. Oh, really? Yeah, you'd you'd, need half as powerful. It'd be around $500 now for a decent computer. It was close to 1000 Yeah, because that that. was the thing. Like the... the, I know Johnny and uh, Brandy went and tried somebody's, and like his computer was obnoxious. And when he told me how much he spent on, I'm like, "Good God!" And then he paid like you know another five hundred dollars or whatever it is for the headpiece and the controllers and everything. And I'm like, right. "That's that's like a down payment on a car." Yeah. Like you know, so it's like I can't really justify that. So, um, but knowing, like I said, with the with the PlayStation one, I can get it and just plug it in, and everything's good to go. I think that, that that's good, but also I think that these things will come down. I mean, it's just like everything. They learn they learn how to make it better and cheaper mm-hmm. and give it a year or two. I'm sure they'll come down. Yeah, think about the iPhone. When it first yeah. came out, it was $600. You had your yeah. ultra geeky people that could afford it going yeah. out and getting it. And they still sold it in droves. So, you know, like we just found out Japan sold out, sold out 50,000 
um, PS of the VR. PS yeah. VR. So, I mean, that's in Japan, you know, then, you know, you think about the global market effect yeah. it has and the fact that it's a, a huge upgrade, not just to gaming, but to technology. So oh, yeah. it, it appeals like most people at Orlando IX, the event we just did the last weekend, you had a lot of adults who haven't gamed in a while going, I want to try this because it's not only a game. The yeah. intimidation factor of the controller yeah. that you love because you've used it for so long, yeah. that really hinders a lot of people for trying it does. games. It, it really so this does, is yeah. new technology, a different way to use it where you don't have to go in and go, I'm going to look silly because everybody else knows how to do this and I don't. You yeah. can just get in and try it. And I will say this, like taking my, you know, my hand's shaking off the table. The controller itself is very easy to use. Like, it's very easy to pick up, and it doesn't take long to figure out what you're doing with it. Like, literally, what was it? The first game I played for, like, 30 minutes. By the end of that, I'm like, oh, I'm good to go. Like, I've got yeah, this. And really I think quick. that most people, even if they haven't been gaming in a while, could pick it up because mm -hmm. it's like, okay, there's a trigger in the back. That's a trigger. Yep. You, you use a couple little buttons to, to push and click things, but it's not – because you're right. Like, if I hand somebody – Especially like if I'm dating somebody new and I'm like, hey, let's play games with me and they haven't played in a while. If I don't break out like a retro system like a Super Nintendo, I say, let's play the Xbox. I hate them the controller. I might as well have handed her a live snake. Absolutely. Like, because she's like, ah, I don't know what that is or yeah. what all that does. And it's intimidating. So There's like 20 buttons on there. Yeah. Like, compared to back in the day, I think the Nintendo had what, two, four, it had five up, buttons. Up, down, yeah. left, right, maybe. And B. And yeah. start select. And that was it. Like, well, when I met Chris, I, I, for a long time, I would only watch him play because I didn't want to be that be that person like holding them up because I couldn't right. quite get it. So I ended up finding um, Dead Rising 2 and I'd go lock myself in the room and play it. And yeah. I finally got the controls down to where it was like in muscle memory. But a lot of people don't have that time or the people no. to teach them yeah. or to watch play. So and the patience because it. It, it is, you said, like it's a patience thing too. Like if you're teaching somebody to use control like that, it's going to take a hot minute. Like yeah. they're not going to get it in a night. Like it's going to take a little while. Yeah, it was interesting uh, being out at Orlando IX this last weekend and uh having a, so many people try it just one after the other after the other and having to break down how we explain how to play a video game. Uh, yeah. It's a completely different experience for the user, but it's also a completely different experience for us as, as developers and, and putting the headset on to somebody. You, it really is a, a big trust situation where you, you're really closing off most of their senses. You're putting something over their oh, eyes, yeah. you're putting something over their ears, and then you're giving them something to hold. So now they don't have their hands. Yeah. Um, and then being like, good luck. You know, and so we really took the time this last weekend to to really explain what they're getting themselves into. When, oh, yeah. uh, we had a lot of older people wanting to try this, not necessarily because they were afraid of it, but because they heard, you know, they've, we've all been hearing stories since we were kids about virtual reality. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, you know, all these older headsets that came out back in the early 90s, mid 90s yeah. with uh, Disney and Disney Quest had their big thing. Yeah. And uh, Nintendo even had their crack the at it with the Virtual Boy. Boy. Um, there were movies that came out for it, Lawnmower Man yeah. and things like that. So we've all been hearing so much about this. And we've all tried one of those older systems and been completely let down. Just, yeah. oh, want, want. Yeah. We thought it was going to be taking me to another world. But it didn't happen. Yeah. But with these headsets, honestly, there's been multiple times, and I've heard multiple people say it at events and things like that. When they take this headset off, they forgot they weren't standing where they thought they were. Exactly. Because, it, 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 like you said, it kind of takes everything away from you when it comes to your senses, which um, I don't know. There's a show called Black Mirror, which I don't know <laughs> if you've ever heard of. Well, it Absolutely. just started last night, which I, I awesome. do not recommend this when you're going the next day to play test the virtual reality. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I watched play test last night before bed. Oh and God. I was like, this was a horrible idea. <laughs> so I chugged six beers and then I went to bed. I <laughs> and I wrote a little note and left it on the table, which I'm going to have to throw away now that I get home. Because I'm like, just in case. But yeah, I watched that and I was like, oh, this was a horrible idea. Worst case scenario. Yeah, exactly. But it, it is kind of like that. Because once you get put in that environment, you are totally at the mercy of the machine and the people that are kind of running it with yeah. you, which is great. But I could also see, like, personally, me at home, like, if I'm using it at home by myself and there's nobody else there, where that could get a little terrifying, too, because, I mean, anybody could do anything while you're, I mean, you've got a headset on, you can't hear, you yep. can't see, you're, you know what I mean? So, I mean, there's definitely a, it's a lot of fun, but I could definitely see for some people where it would be a, like walking into it be a little bit scary too because yeah. you're giving up all your, your senses. Um, and that's why I think to some extent, I think 
the normal like hooking it up to a TV and playing it is always going to be there in yeah. one way, shape, or form, just because people like that. And I'll be honest with you, I I like especially like Friday, Saturday night, come home from work, you know, have a couple drinks, play a game. Yeah. I there's no way I could drink and do that at the same time. <laughs> no like way. no way. Oh man. So like puking all just, over. Yeah, just have place. a bucket. You'll be good to go. Well, <laughs> it's not even that. Puke it's bucket. The, it's, it's the like disorientation. Or, well, you're gonna have to. It, well, actually, this might be a million dollar idea for you guys. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna have to make like a beer helmet with like a straw. Because you can't hold, you've got your hands full. You can't hold a drink and try and like do that at the same so time. So we've just made a new accessory for yeah, VR. Exactly. Yeah. One, th- another thing. The happy hour beer helmet with like a straw. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you That's can lock great. it up at the top, and you know, That'd to be make awesome. sure it doesn't spill. Yeah. Something we observed um, over the weekend as well. Like there was this one guy that came up, and he had this huge curly hair, you know, oh, yeah. like Reggie Watts style, yeah. and he wanted to try it. I'm like. I don't want to Velcro his hair into this thing. Like, yeah. you know, so somebody was mentioning like a, like a shower cap or something to put that over your be, head. Especially if you had like big dreads or something. Right. Like, you're going to have to do something because that thing's very form-fitting. And like today, I knew I didn't want to do my hair, so I threw my <laughs> baseball cap on. But I was like, as soon as I get there, I'm going to have to take this thing off because yeah. there's no way I'm going to be able to wear a hat. The term is put, headset hair it, is what yeah, developers exactly. call it. Well, I was like, I mean, I already had that, so I'm, I'm good to go. But I was like, even if I turn it backwards, like I'm not going to be able to put over a baseball cap. So you're going to have to kind of – you're almost going to have to monitor your own hairstyle because, right. I mean, like depending on what haircut you've got, I don't even know if it will fit or not. Yeah, by the end of the day here, we are all – we have just straight up poofy hair. Oh, no yeah. How much time you spend. I know, and I care. Crazy. I work on my hair for like 20 minutes a day. This is It's really frustrating to me. <laughs> yeah, to what you get here that it gets all, all gone to hell. Actually, That's why I was like, I'm not even going to mess with it today. Like I'm not doing my hair to drive an hour and a half in a car. They put a Smart. headset on. I'm like – it's going to be baseball cap day. Yeah. So. I've known Chris for 15 years, and the first time I ever saw him without perfect hair was literally the, like taking off the headset the other day. Oh, I was really? like, and I commented, I was like, dude, your hair is not perfect. I've <laughs> never seen this before. It, it happens. You know, it, every morning I get up and it's not perfect. I have to work hard at it. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to be back more with the happy hour with Johnny and Deuce. This episode of The Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce is brought to you by RetroGameTreasure.com Get real retro games for the old school consoles you love delivered to your door every month. They have consoles like the NES, Super Nintendo, Genesis, PlayStation 1, Game Boy, Game Boy Advanced, and more. Tell them the type of games you like and what games you already own so you don't get duplicates. You even get a wish list. It's not a rental service. And best yet, you keep the games. Use promo code HAPPYHOUR and save $2 off your first month. Learn more at RetroGameTreasure.com and don't forget to tell them that the Happy Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce sent you. All right, and we're back with a happy hour with Johnny Deuce. And again, I'm going to throw it to you guys again. Did you have any other questions for me since it was my first time doing it? I do have a few questions for you. Um, So this was your first time using any of the headsets. Yeah. Um, I wondered if it's something now that you're going to really consider purchasing, if it's something that you're going to consider picking up now that you've actually given it a try, or is it something that you think you'll wait on until they come out with probably more content? I'm going to definitely give you a political answer, which is yes and no. Uh, I really wanted to get one when it came out, especially because they had the bundle, and I really think the bundle was only for people that pre-ordered, where it was like $400, but you got the headset, the camera, and the two move controllers, and now I'm looking at it, and it's up to like 500 now for the bundle, um, and I, I think what they did is they tried to have that low p- price point so they could blow out a bunch and have a bunch of early adopters, and then yeah. everybody else would have to kind of, well, you did get on early, so now you have to pay more, and I... The week it came out, I kicked it around really hard. Like, I was looking at my savings account, and I'm like, well, I could take the money out of there and do this. But, like, and it was one of those, like, debates that I'm having with myself. But then I talked myself out of it, and the reason being was the only game that really flipped up my skirt was Batman. And yeah. from what I've heard, I think you can beat Batman in, like, under – I think it's, like, an hour or two hours. Like, it's not crazy long. It might be four. Like, I'd really have to do my research, but it wasn't long because – 
when I buy a game, even if it's a single-player game, like, say, like a Gears of War or Call of Duty, like, mm-hmm. those are mostly multiplayer, but the single-player, I know I'm probably going to get at least eight hours of out of. Yeah. And then RPGs, I mean, forget about it. You could spend hundreds of hours, but I figured it's going to be at least an eight-hour game, and then when I found out you could beat it in a couple hours, I'm like, that's a lot of money put down for a game that I can beat in, like, two hours. Now, don't get me wrong, it'd be... For the show, it'd be great because we could talk about it and be great to, like, have friends over and be like, hey, check this out. This is the new thing. Right. But I think until they get a bigger library, I'm going to hold out. Plus, I'd like to see the price come down because, like, if they could get the price to 400 bucks, where I can get the headset, the camera, the two move controllers, and then, like, one game with it. But, like, a full game, not, like, a demo disc or something. Like, one real game with it for, like, 400 Something with bucks. replayability yeah, is what you want. Yeah, something. Like, even if it's... Uh, they throw the Batman in there. They put, like, the Star Wars uh, some, VR. Some, some games with substance. Yeah, some with some yeah. meat to it. Right. You know what I mean? Like, if I could get that for 400 bucks, I, that would probably be something where I'd be like, I know this is extremely expensive impulse buy, but <laughs> I probably would do it. But right now, I'm just like... The game's library isn't there, and I also kind of want to see, don't get me wrong, I believe this is a future, but from a lot of people, the outside looking in, they're like, well, is this going to be like 3D TVs? Is this going to be like a fad, mm. and then it goes away? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's a lot of money to put down for something when you don't know the staying power. Now, after using it, I don't have that question at all. That thing is going to be around for a long time, but yeah. if I'm Joe Schmo, I've never tried one. I might be like, that's a, you know, is this going to be the next virtual boy? Yeah, it's a big investment. Yeah, it's a huge investment, especially for people now, and especially with the holidays coming up, you got to buy presents for your family, things like that, and trips and everything else. Like, I know the holidays is a hard time for people to spend extra money. Yeah. Right. Um, So, but I I definitely want to get one. I think it's more just going to be the wait and see when it comes to the price point. Yeah. And the library. Cool. So, and, and just something to interject really quick is um, it, the cool thing is it isn't just a console. I know that um, one of our developers watched the debate in it the other yeah. night, and you can actually get in there oh, with wow. other people with avatars. And she, her complaint was that there's not a chat, a chat for text, but they could talk with their microphone. She's not a big fan of talking to the microphone, but yeah. there's lots, and Phil's used it several ways too, outside of gaming. Yeah, I watched the Kentucky Derby in VR, which oh, was that's really entertaining. Wild, yeah, man. it was cool watching the horses come around the bend, oh. like, like while you're standing right at it. It was really cool. Now, like when you were standing like for the Kentucky Derby, were you standing like in the grandstand or were you actually standing like on the dirt? So they had a bunch of different cameras and basically they would cut around to them as it went around like the bend. So in the start, you were kind of in the grandstand right. looking at all the ladies with their huge hats, right. you know, the Kentucky <laughs> Derby style. And then like once the race actually started is kind of follow the horses around there so you felt like you were down right on the side right on like like sitting like right next to the fence yeah, looking incredible. at them that's some wild shit man yeah even though they do ufc fights in it now yeah. too. are you think about sports yeah games. like that was the thing i was thinking about because if i could watch vr like the you know the bucks game where i'm standing on the sidelines just like i'm one of the coaches yeah. or something yeah that would be wild yeah, they have uh, multiple they usually have multiple vantage points i know for the like the debates and things like that they right. offer you like a few different vantage points so you can kind of decide where you want to watch from. Yeah. And I know with the NFL games, I know they're working on the same kind of thing. I don't know how much of it they have implemented yet, yeah. but I know that they have like sideline cameras where you're literally just standing down there like basically behind the players yeah. watching the game. Like, and, and that's the thing with the NFL. Like they've got like eight cameras running at a time. So if I've got like a little like maybe floating down here on my right-hand side, like I've got a little – thing with button one two three four five six and i can just hit the yep. button and it bounces me from camera to camera yeah, then you could get the i mean at that point you're almost playing madden like yeah. you're just bouncing around yeah. and kind of seeing and the ufc fights that's because we're big ufc fans mm-hmm. like i get all the fights of the house <laughs> yeah so i that would be awesome to be able to watch like the mcgregor fight here coming up in a couple weeks oh, yeah. and be like in the octagon yeah right just, just right there, right there. it's amazing how different it is even your yeah. vantage point of what you can hear sitting you know if yeah. you're sitting at your tv you're hearing what their microphones are, yeah, are picking, picking up, up or whatever but like you know they kind of put it in different vantage points that way too well that so. would be cool just if i could hear like what the fighters are saying to each other yeah. that's that's the part i'd yeah. like or football like if I can actually hear what the players are saying to each other, that would be good. Yeah, now, I'm awesome. sure that the coaches are going to raise all kinds of holy hell because they're going to be like, <laughs> oh, they're giving away all of our secrets. Can't, can't broadcast <laughs> yeah. the uh, model or Exactly. <laughs> or there's going to have to be like a couple-minute delay. because You'll I start g- seeing coaches on the sidelines with a VR headset oh, on. I'm telling you what, the Patriots will be the first person <laughs> with a guy in VR upstairs like, they're calling a button hook. You know, like they'll be the first ones doing it. Trust me. <laughs> 
It'll be them and the guy deflating the ball together. They'll be working out a deal of like how how they could you know win this game for Brady. So that's gonna be the next uh, DLC for Madden. I think is deflated footballs for your team. See, like, I'm actually surprised like that didn't come cheap. with the game. Yeah, like pre-order at GameStop and get your balls deflated. <laughs> oh, that's a good slogan. Yeah, I mean, get a free deflated ball with every purchase. Yeah, exactly. And it's just uh, somebody should have done that. Like yeah. if I was a bomb and pop game store, that's what I'd do. Like, so you go buy footballs, pull all the air out, and give you, like, a deflated ball with every purchase. Absolutely. They so, sell so many copies. Oh, especially if you're a team, that, like, in an area that, like, just hates the Patriots. <laughs> like, down here in Florida. Like, I trust me. I would go to, like, whatever Bob and Pop store gave me a deflated football just oh, because of that. You totally. So I think it's hilarious. It'd be worth every penny. Oh, it totally would. But, I mean, it's, it's really nuts to think of where – this VR thing's going to go, which that's kind of my next question to you. Wh- where do you see the future of all of this? Like, say five years down the road, what do you, what do you kind of, where do you see all of this going? Well, I think you would probably get a different answer from everybody at this table, but I'll let Phil start. Like, five years is a little tricky, but I say about 20 years. Okay. It's a little easier to kind of predict. Like, I think the web will kind of be more VR compliant in a way where basically you'll go to a VR room for, like, to look at your new Ford car. You want to yeah. see what it's like? You just watch it, see it actual with your eyes right now in full 3D. And you want to go on a vacation, see what the hotel room's going to look like, see the views. Now, are you talking almost like not a room where you're wearing a headset, but a room almost like how they, they've been talking about the Microsoft HoloLens where, like, stuff will pop up around you in the room or are you Nothing talking like, about where it's just a room built for you to put on the headset like with well, no, rubber like, walls uh, or something so you don't hit stuff like like something. a room like built by the company kind oh, of like, okay. like their web page kind of like the oh, room where you're okay. in this own their own built built environment so you, you kind of do your it. house with a headset on but exactly. when you go to google you go to the google room yeah like, yeah hey, do you want to hit the search button or do you want to see what the weather is or the sports scores and you could just kind of like point to what you yeah, want absolutely okay. just the tons of entertainment too i think that's where it's really going to start going more and more oh, it's yeah. just lots of like just you know, like we're talking, watching sports, watching TVs, or watching, watching a movie, thinking about if you watch the stuff. new Avengers and you're doing it from like point of view, like where the whole Absolutely. movie. But I mean, besides, you'd have to like put plastic on everything because everybody's <laughs> gonna throw up. But I mean, I, I could see how that could definitely be the future of like entertainment as more like interactive, you know, virtual experiences. Truly, like yeah. That. So I think what we've seen is a is a rapid growth in in the hardware or the technology that's yeah. running these these machines. I think now what has to happen is software has to catch up. Yes. Uh, they got to play a little catch up now. That I think that the headsets are, are if they're not there yet, which I'm, I think they still need a little bit of work, a little tweaking here and there, but uh, the software needs to now mature to the point where you know we're not just watching a movie on a 2D screen anymore. We're yeah. overlaying it on in, into 3D space. We're watching a movie you know, with these 3D characters in yeah. front of us. We're, we're basically sitting in the scene yeah. and things are happening around us. Um, I think that, you know, video technology and gaming technology and like Phil was saying, like the web technology, web software and the way we interact and interface with websites is going to completely change. And then as all that starts to mature and grow, I think you're going to start to see it move over from not only just games because games is always the first ones to jump yeah. in we're we're crazy we're like yeah yeah we want to spend a lot of money on this tech that no yeah. one's ever tried before and we're going to see if it works and then we'll, if we can prove it if we can make this happen then i think a lot of other you know software developers and people like that microsoft will start jumping in and saying, right. okay you know what can we how can we move this technology forward software wise or you know interface wise right. so that you know people start getting more excited about it and it becomes more of a useful tool in everyday life versus a mouse and a keyboard yeah you're going to have you know hand controllers and probably work on these things you'll go to you know to go to work you'll just put on a headset yeah. to go play games you'll just have on the headset well, I think it was a good point that he made because he's like, I can't really tell you in five years, but I can tell you in 20 years because when you factor that in in 20 years, a lot of these people that you know grew up and there wasn't a computer or internet or anything like that, in 20 years, they won't be here anymore. Right. They'll have died off. Yeah. And you're only dealing with people that have kind of grown up in a computer age. And once that happens, I think the integration will be easier because it's like if you've grown up your whole life with either a video game controller in your hand or a computer mouse and a, and a keyboard – like, it won't be as hard, like, especially, like, to use my movie example, like, if they want to start doing more VR movies, well, you know, my parents aren't doing that, but in 20 years when they're not here anymore, like, I think more people would be like, okay, we're going to put on a headset and we're all going to watch this together. Like, maybe that, that'll change things because the, 
you're looking at the not just the age demographic, but you're also looking at the mindset of people like, you know, we've kind of grown up with technology and, you know, it's moved very fast along with us. So it won't be such a, a I don't know the, the right words to put it in, but it won't be such a, a jump like to get people to do it. Because like right now, like my parents wouldn't put on a VR headset like they're in their 60s and almost 70. Like that is no interest to them but like yeah. you ask a guy in their 40s they're like hell yeah i'm gonna put that thing on that yeah, looks yeah. awesome it reminds so. me of um i think all of us were probably in a situation of teaching our grandparents how to use email oh god versus yeah. Yeah. um you Just know real physical mail, mail. Yeah. i think you know it's kind of that mindset that you're talking about yeah of the like i don't want to learn yeah except now it's not our grandparents now it's our parents we're right trying to explain to them what's happening you know like yeah. Mediums are changing, Mom. They're changing. Yeah. You're not going to watch a TV anymore. That's boring. It's 2D. It's flat. Who cares? Yeah. It's not immersive enough. You know, now we want more. We want it to be more immersive. Yeah. I want to be, you know, I don't want to just watch a football game on my TV with my friends. I want to hear the helmets slam into each other, and I want to be three inches away. I want to feel like I can yell at the dude and be like, that was a terrible play. Yeah. You know? <laughs> That's well, and the same thing, and I'll just use myself as a personal example. I go through these ebbs and flows. Like, I'll go through these flows where, like, I don't even want to watch TV. All I want to play is video games because it's interactive and I'm doing something. I'm not just sitting there. But then the same kind of flow will come back where it's like, I don't want to do that. Like, I just want to come home from work. I want to watch a movie or catch up on my TV shows or whatever. But I could definitely see how integrating this in the future, that's going to definitely be the case. Like. Mm-hmm. Well, if I can watch the football game where, like you said, I can hear everything and I'm right down there in the field, why am I going to want to, you know, watch it on just a regular TV? Or why are me and my boys going to want to go to Buffalo Wild Wings and, like, watch a game or Hooters or wherever Right. when we can all sit there with our headsets on and we're, like, right there? Well, even, you know, maybe you're, you know, typically your family all tends to root for the same team. Yeah. And you, as you grow up, you kind of spread out and you yeah. can't all just meet at the bar or yeah. meet at somebody's house. So that's where I see that, too. And with traffic the way it is in some places, Orlando particularly, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. it could be even safer to to do that. Well, that would be great because, like you said, like you've got a family of five, let's just say, and they all live in Minnesota. They're all Viking fans. Well, except for mom and dad, everybody moves. One goes to Tennessee, one goes to California, one comes to Florida. If they could all put on headsets and watch the Vikings game together in a virtual space where they're all together and they can talk to each other and interact while they watch it, I think that'd be neat. Like, just be able to, like, have the whole family together. Like, okay, Sunday at 1 o'clock, we're all going to put on our headsets and we can all, you know, interact and talk about the week and also watch football games. Or even, like, hey, the UCF homecoming games this weekend. Like, we all moved on with our lives, but let's all watch Watch this game game together. We can't all afford to fly into town or get the tickets for the game or get our whole families in. So, you know, there's a lot of applicability. That was one of the things I know you didn't get to try, but uh, one of the things that really sold me, like, if if, if what you experienced today helped you even consider wanting to buy one yeah. of these headsets, wait until you get to interact with another person inside. Oh, that's going to be nuts. Now, it, do you actually like see them? You see, see them, avatars, or is it like an avatar? Okay. Avatar. So, you like uh, the experience that I had at Oculus Connect is all you saw was a basic avatar for the person. You okay. got to see their head and the upper half of their torso and their hands. Okay. Um, but when he handed me something, like. He was like, yeah. here, take this. And yeah. I reached out, and I took it from him, and then I had it in my hand. Yeah. I, I blew my mind. Yeah. I, I couldn't believe what just happened. And then him and I were just having a conversation and, you know, talking. Yeah. We played ping pong together. Oh, it wow. It was awesome. Like, I was like, this isn't – it's ping pong. It's not really all that much fun. But to do it in this headset in a virtual space and knowing that somebody else real person, another person there. Yeah, it was – incredible well that's definitely gonna have to be like the next step in multiplayer gaming like if you're playing like say a call of duty or something like that knowing that you're on a virtual battlefield with not just somebody holding a controller but a real person with the headset on that you can see and that you can interact with i think i think Hmm. once they do that that's what's going to move systems like once you know ea says okay the next call of duty we're doing a call of duty vr and you can play multiplayer with your friends I think that's when you're going to yeah. see these things yeah. not stay on the shelves. So, yeah, like, they're just going to fly off the shelf. Because, like, even thinking about mobile, like, those were some of the first games, Words with Friends. You know, people still play that yeah. because it connects you with other people yeah. all over the and place. Feel, I think people are craving that interaction, that connection with other people. Yeah. And they want to do it through 
through different mediums. They don't necessarily want to go out and go to the bar. A lot of people don't feel comfortable there, and some people don't drink. Yeah. Um, but you know, getting into a virtual environment where you can be who you want to be and 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 still have that human interaction, absolutely. like you're interacting with another person. And, and you made a great point. Like some people, they're either they're not drinkers or they don't feel comfortable in a bar. And as much as I hate to say it, when it comes to a place where you can all get together and interact besides the bar. I can't think of many except for maybe a theme park or a sporting event. Mm -hmm. Like there's very few places where I could just, okay, on a Tuesday night, I want to go hang out with some people besides the bar. I can't, I mean, you can't do that at a library. Right. So, I mean, yeah. you know, so it kind of really limits your options. And especially mm -hmm. if you're anybody that's got a social anxiety Absolutely. or anything like that. Like, cause we, there's a lot of that going on nowadays where people just, they don't feel comfortable around each other in a, in a real physical space. Yeah. So it's like, if you could do it, from home on your couch in virtual reality, I think that that would help a lot of people with a lot of issues. Well, and that's it meets society where it's at because you know when we're de when we're dealing with people like ten to fifteen years younger than us, yeah. a lot of them have grown up like we. I didn't have social media until like I think I graduated college. Thank yeah. goodness, but a lot of people are more comfortable, you know, behind yeah. you know not being in front of people because they've grown up interacting with people in that way yeah. online or you know somewhat anonymously even yeah. which can be good and bad obviously yeah, it, but it can be bad it, just <laughs> in the fact that like i i do a job normally and with the show where i interact with people all the time and especially in and to use your example when i'm talking to people that are 15 20 years my younger they don't always have the best social skills like they just don't know how to interact with a person when it's not like a text or a facebook post or a twitter or a tweet right it's like we're having a conversation here, brother. Yeah. I'm going to bounce the ball. You're going to bounce it back. I'm going to bounce the ball. You're going to bounce it back. And it's like I had to have a, that exact same conversation with somebody the other day, and I felt like an asshole, but I was like, this is how this works. I say right. something to you, you say something back, you know, because it was like pulling teeth. Man. Yeah, Chris has had people specifically walk up to talk to him, and then yeah. when he goes to talk back, they're looking at their phone. Yeah. It's like that's not how that's, interaction works. works. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, and, and, and that's the thing, especially, and you guys have got to feel it the most, and we do too because we're in a, in a tech industry, if you will, when it comes to podcasts because, you know, I, I tell somebody that's in their 50s and 60s, I do a podcast, they're like, what's that? It's not yeah. on the radio? Like, I don't get it. But you talk to a younger person, they're like, oh, a podcast. You know, I listen to Tom and Dan or I listen to Happy Hour. I listen to whatever. Like, they understand that world. But when you're – that's your market, kind of like you guys. That's mm -hmm. what you're doing. You're aiming towards younger people. Yep. It's tough because it's like learning to speak Swahili. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's just learning to speak a totally new language yes. that there's not a lot of information on. So. Yeah. It's, it gets very interesting sometimes trying to talk to some of these people who just – Cannot. I, I have friends that I played video games with. I met online, and yeah. we, we played for a while, and then I met them in person, and they're like, "Hi, yeah, like, dude, is, we've yeah. we've been talking for months." Like, yeah, there's you no probably reason. know as much about me as you know my wife does, or like <laughs> some of my good friends. Like, we could have a conversation. It's cool. I know what yeah. your favorite football team is. I know yeah. what your favorite color is. I know what you like on your pizza. Like, it's cool. Like, there, there's not this weirdness here. But sometimes when you put people in a real space together, like say at a bar, even not even that, like at a, you know, just at your house playing board games together or something like yeah. when they have to socially interact and there's not that screen in front yeah. of them, that just, they and shut you down. See, you see it at like meetups, especially oh, yeah. because a lot of times people go with an agenda and if that's on your mind, you're not really focusing as much on the people as the agenda, you know, so you can. Now by agenda, you mean that. like what the, pro what you're trying to do or like. That. Um, I think yeah, I think in person, typically, especially with meetups and things like that, people tend to have an agenda of wanting to get something out of it, or yeah. you know, like, wanting I'm to make to a certain because, connection yeah. with somebody. Okay, and I see what you're saying now. Yeah, like I, I think that can hinder things too. Yeah, that's true. Because if every everybody goes into a meeting or social interaction, want something different out of it. Like prime example, if I'm going to the bar, I'm going to interact with people, have a good time, and get me out of my house and see my friends. But other people might be going there because you know they want to watch a football game mm -hmm. or maybe. They're trying to pick somebody up or they're, you know, everybody goes into anything with their own kind of, okay, this is my plan. This is what I want to do. So now I think I understand what you're saying. Like, depending on what they're trying to get accomplished, it might be tough. It, it's a lot easier to walk away when you're on the computer like, oh, I'm going AFK. See you later. Then you just that, walk yeah. it off and think, out the door. I think that's right. Like, yeah. people can't see your instant reactions yeah. or, you know. 
Yeah, no, I know exactly what you're saying. Because if you say something, they give you the look like you just shit the bed. Like you're like, you're like, oh, okay, uh, time for me to go. I think I just got that look. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, no, no, I totally get what you're saying. But, but with the VR, what do you guys in your studio like? What's your goal for like the next couple of years? Like, what's your game plan? Because you already had one big game change. Because uh-huh. you started in the area of mobile games. Yep. That was like where you guys kind of like cut your teeth and yep. kind of, and now you've moved into the VR space. Like what, what's the game plan for outhouse games going forward? Uh, to grow. Uh, no, to, um, it's our goal is to just continue to create awesome experiences. So we've just changed mediums really yeah. for us. It's, it's, um, you know, we have to move with the times and as a game developer, as a game development studio, we, we, have to recognize these changes early, and yeah. and we're early adopters. Me and Phil have been playing with VR since a long time ago, but we we yeah. had the DK1, we had the DK2, we had you know CV1, we have the Vives. So we've loved this hardware, we love this medium. It it for us developing games, it doesn't really you know uh, mobile was a limiting uh, you know. Um, platform yeah because you, know, you only have so much hardware in right. the phone like you know what everybody's got to work with but and it's not a and lot some of those old phones you know, yeah. have to constantly deal with the fact of like grandma's out there with her 10 year old smartphone that barely that runs anything that still wants to try to play to try, yeah. yeah and it, that runs into problems yeah and that um we wanted to our ideas were growing bigger than what mobile could handle um i feel like our ideas were were much bigger than what that platform could could present to people uh, in the way that we wanted to, and we weren't just weren't pleased with the market. Uh, the market was becoming oversaturated and expensive for discovery and uh, phones. We were constantly having to buy new phones every other week to keep up with the new phones that were coming out. And we really loved this new medium when it first hit the market. We were just so excited about it, and we wanted to learn as much as we could about it. And then we found out well, we can actually develop for this thing. We yeah. can actually build a, a game and, and build it inside of this new medium that we are obviously excited about, why don't we make the jump? Why don't we make this big leap? And yeah. uh, after sitting down for a few hours, just kind of going over what is it that we want out of being game developers? Where do we want to go? And what do we want to do? And this is just so exciting. It's yeah. so new. It's, it's untouched. Like you said, there's just not much content out there right no. now. And so to be able to get in here early and, you know, be pioneers in this new medium that n- not a lot of people have tried, not a lot of people have developed for, is just super exciting for us. And it gives us so much new hope for the future of game development yeah. and what we want to do with it. And it also is very exciting for us because some of our ideas are just perfect for this thing. It, yeah. it, it just, uh, we really want to immerse you in the environment that you're in. We take a lot of time and energy and effort to do that. And this is just another way of us presenting it to you you know it was mobile phones and now it's this headset and it you know one day it might be something else one day we might have to move over to augmented reality or Or something else something else or the hollow deck or something weird but for right now we just feel like this is the most exciting place for us to be and it feels great um we love working with the with this headset and it it just does for us what we really want it to do which is to present you the game that we want in the in the fashion that we want to present it. Yeah, and I actually really liked it because when when we first met you guys, when you when you first came on the show, which was last year at Free Play Florida, which you guys are going to be at again this year, correct? Yep. Cool. Um, but you kind of were in the you were in the phone game market, and then you were starting to move into VR. And I said in in my mind, I'm like, that is brilliant because a you're at the ground floor now, mm-hmm. and the market was getting so saturated. Like EA had a mobile game division. Like all the big game companies had a mobile game division. I'm like, yeah. that is not an area I'd want to fight in. Like it's exactly. you know, it's like saying, okay, I'm going to start up a production studio now. I'm going to make PS4 games. It's like. Uh, I don't. I wouldn't want to do that. So jumping in on the VR bandwagon, I thought was awesome because you're on the ground floor and you get a brand new technology and you can kind of be like on the frontier. Like you're one of the first explorers of this technology and what you can yeah. do with it, which to me would be way more exciting than having to play catch up, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. Phil started in uh, mobile back when it was the new frontier. Yeah. Back when you know apps were just starting to get built. Phil was like, oh, this is new and this is fresh and this is 
you know, really cool. I want to build something in this and, you know, I'll let you talk on it. I, yeah, I back then, there. like, everything was a brand new challenge. You're working through issues, you're working through things. It was fun. Yeah. It was like a new frontier. But now mobile is just locked down. Everyone has these, like, ideas and then you have to fit in these little tiny boxes to make it make sense. Yeah. And, but VR, it's, it's, again, it's new Wild West. It's, yeah. there's, there's nothing set. No one has any answers. Like, we've been to a couple of conventions. We're going, like, you know, like, oh, let's see, you know, what, like, what Oculus says how you should do user interface. Yeah. And then we get there and they're like, we have no idea. You guys figure it out. Yeah. And then you guys went to the audio conference. Yeah, thing. we went to um, Game SoundCon in LA, and they had built in. It's two days, and one day they had a whole track for like sessions on VR sound and audio, because um, one of the statistics that I've heard is that sound is fifty percent of your experience in VR, yes. because not only like when you're looking at a at a screen you have the full perspective on what's going on on right. the screen. But when you're in first person, a lot of times you're going to have to rely on audio cues to see if something's coming behind you to your left or right. I think you saw that in Serious Sam where oh, yeah. there'd be something coming at you up above your vision of the ground. And then you'd look down, something would be coming on the ground as well. So to me, audio is a very, very huge part. And oh, yeah. Chris went to most of those those things and um, learned a few things. But a, a lot of the thing, a lot of the things people were saying are, you know, we think this is going to work, or we tried this and it didn't work. Yeah. Um, and we're all kind of working together because there aren't pre-built tools for audio. A lot of times you have plugins that right. somebody who's good at engineering and audio went. Let, here's a little like you know, way to meet in the middle so they can do the things they need to do without right. learning all the math or all the engineering behind it. Yeah. And I think you're exactly right. Like with Sirius Sam, a lot of it was the sound cues of like, where, where is the bad guy going to come from next? Cause I mean, even when I play games, like I've just been playing gears of war four, like most of the time it's the sound cues of the game telling me, okay, the next wave's coming or like the next set of bad guys is coming. Yeah. Cause now the music's picked, the tempo's picked up. But in a in a in a virtual space, you're right because you got to have your head on a swivel. So and there's things can come from any direction. So you really need those audio and music cues to kind of tell you like, oh, you better you know wake up, it's coming. So yeah. right, or if you like see water dripping and you don't hear the drip sound, like yeah. it's going to take you a little bit out of that immersive experience. And you're oh, gonna yeah. like even if you don't put your finger on the fact that doesn't seem right because there's no drip sound, your your psyche is going to notice yeah. that. Well, that makes makes a lot of sense. Well, guys, tell everybody how they can find you on the internet and how they can connect with you guys. I like how they both stared at me. <laughs> you do okay, it. so you can easily find us on Facebook by looking up Outhouse Games. Please feel free to follow. We have a blog going on weekly, either um, introducing you to our team, showing you what's going on at the new office we're renovating, or giving you updates on our VR game. Thanks. So please feel free. Um, also, you can check that blog out on our website, outhousegames.org. You can go there as well to um, download any of our previous mobile games that are on the store. They're all free. Um, Twitter, we're at Outhouse Games. Nice. We are on Instagram, but we, you know, we don't post there very regularly. Right. You can check out some old stuff on there. Um, uh, we are on LinkedIn if anybody wanted to connect with the business themselves. And I think that pretty much sums it up. Awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for coming. And, of course, we're going to have a second episode with them. But, of course, you can connect with us at HH Podcast Show on the Twitter machine, Show at gmail.com. And don't forget to send us your questions to ask the buck because Buck the Mega Buck will be coming back from Retro Game Treasure to answer your questions. So you're definitely going to want to stick around for that and send us those questions. Also, don't forget facebook.com forward slash happy hour podcast show and give us a like and of course you can find every episode at soundcloud.com forward slash happy hour podcast and of course when you connect with the happy hour on the twitter machine there's not one there's not two but there are three hashtags hashtag hh podcast show hashtag happy hour podcast and of course hashtag deuces on the loose later Music.